Know what they say about the rose out the concrete, flowers blooming in dark rooms, poofing when God speaks. Where the passion and grind me, call it perfect timing or alignment, the assignment provide peace. Confirmation through conversation, my knees been bloody, been praying for patience, embracing these affirmations, we made it. Hard times, but we made it, been shaking the devil off under pressure, we never faded, we the living proof. But a promise, being honest, we cut from a different cloth. Black X and the satisfyingness, we the living proof. I don't deserve it, far from perfect. A product of taking chances and leaning on his discernment, we the living proof. Living legends, it's a blessing to be a blessing. Providing the youth for the new perspective, we the living proof. The living proof, the living proof, y'all. All right, welcome back to another episode of Living. Uh, we have another special guest. I knew this brother since he was in Pampas as well. Uh, so it's kind of crazy. Now he's bigger and taller than me. But he can still get it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so let's welcome my brother, Mr. Mr. Jordan Brunner. How you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful, man. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Man, definitely, bro. It's been, it's been a pleasure to watch you grow as well, man. You make, you make me feel old a little bit. <laughs> um, but before we even jump into questions, man, uh, what what do you do? Um, like, what's your occupation, and what do you have going on right now? Um, I do a couple of things. So the main thing that I do is uh, I'm a student support specialist uh, through a company called Communities and Schools. Uh, I'm located at Tanglewood Middle School. I work primarily with sixth grade students, uh, but somehow I find myself working with everybody. Um, and I'm also youth minister at White Plains Baptist Church. Um, and that's really it. I do a little coaching on the side, but that's that's it, man. And what does your shirt say? Oh, it says Jordan Who. And what is that? Uh, Jordan Who is my brand. Um, Jordan Who is what I do when I go out and speak. Um, it's Mr. Make You Laugh and Think, but it's also Jordan Who. It's not about me. It's all about God. So it's always I decrease and he does the increasing. And I always want to make sure that God is on the forefront of everything that I do. Most definitely. Um, and we're going to jump right in. And as you know, I asked you, yeah. what do you do? Um, now I want to know who are you uh, besides what you do? Right. Um, for me, I always said that I'm a nobody. Um, and when I say I'm a nobody, um, a lot of times that means sometimes we get so caught up in the things that we do in ourselves um, that we forget that when we were placed on this earth, it was never about us. But it was simply about making sure that people could get to God. And so um, I say that I'm a nobody, um, but I also say that I am the struggle, um, meaning that for me, my walk through life has been a really big struggle. Like everything has kind of been a struggle, whether it was a struggle with identity, a struggle with fitting in, struggle with trying to figure out what I was going to do, uh, whatever it was, it was a struggle. So I kind of identified myself with that, but not in the negative connotation. Um, I always looked at it as a point of strength. My struggle made me strong. The things that I struggled with that I used to think that everybody else had, you know, down and down packed and everything I started noticing like what I went through it was building me like I didn't really have a relationship with my father growing up and so life was my father and so now I'm at the point where I went from boy to man even though I'm older now now I'm at a point where I'm like okay now I'm where I believe God wants me to be gotcha and it's crazy you said that because we were just talking about this morning uh listening to hate auntie podcast so shout out to uh hate auntie but she talked about when people ask who you are they always give the positives, you know, right. and they, they don't talk about anything negative. And I can see both sides of it, um, right. because as we know, that words are powerful. Um, and what you put behind "I am," you right. know, it, it becomes real and it becomes true. 
Um, I like how you said you don't you don't use it in a negative connotation uh, right. because you know the struggle. Right. You know what I'm saying is what made you. Uh, that, that's awesome, man. And just going back into the whole aspect of healing. Uh, in your definition, what is a healer? Do you consider yourself a healer? Um, for me, a healer is anything or anyone that can take away the pain. Um, and for me, do I think I'm a healer? No. I think I'm a resource. Or I think I am the person that points you in the direction of what gives you the help, gets you the healing. Um, I'm almost like the person who's sick, who has a really good doctor, and you have the same sickness, instead of me saying, oh, bro, I know how to fix you because my doctor, he did it, and so I'm going to show you how to fix it. What I'm going to say is, you know what? I'm still struggling with this, but I know where you can go to get that healing. Um, so I've never really thought that I was the healer. Yes, I like to listen to people. Yes, I like to be the person that can pour into people. But at the end of the day, when I get done pouring who Jordan is, I always want to revert it back to God because at the end of the day, I have no power. But every bit of power that I think I have comes from him. So if I want to heal and you want to heal, I got to point you in the direction of healing. Most definitely. That's, that's a very interesting perspective. Uh, and even going to the obstacles that you talked about earlier when you saying, who were you? Uh, I'm a firm believer that, you know, a lot of young people are going around like, searching for purpose. Right. And I'm a firm believer that your purpose is within your story. Right. You know, things you've been through, that struggle you talk about. And so for you, um, what obstacles in your life feel like, do you feel like gave your life purpose? Um, it's multiple things. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can just be real transparent, the biggest thing was, you know, growing up, Without that father, um, not only that, but seeing some of the stuff that my family had to go through um, and just my own personal issues. And the biggest issue that I always had was identity. Um, A lot of people would label me as a hypocrite at one point in my life, but I always said it was just a struggle because I was so desperately trying to find this love and this acceptance by people because it was like, Yo, where, where do I fit in in this world? Am I supposed to go do this in education? Should I be playing sports? Should I be acting? Should I be doing comedy? Should I be preaching? Should I be in the club? Should I be with the girls? Should I be like, what should I be doing? And so every struggle, like it's hard to pinpoint one struggle um, because I'm always reminded of scripture, Romans eight twenty eight. all things work together for your good. But every single thing that tried to take me out from me being in the hospital for three days with uh, a condition that was like you know small like a lot of people didn't have it I, um, I was playing basketball in high school got hit in the back of the head one of my eyes shut and so I got hit on the right side the right eye shut which wasn't what's which isn't supposed to happen so if you hit on the right side left eye supposed to shut so I'm sitting there you know three days in the hospital with a shut eye and we try to figure out if that eye's gonna open again we don't know they running all kind of tests you know and so those scary moments of what's next, I believe that's what made me who I am today. Alright, and you talked about issues with your with your father. Mm-hmm. Do you think having a father in your life would have helped um, with your whole identity crisis? Do you think that would have gave you, in a sense, guidance or direction? Um, yes and no. So, yes in the sense of the things that I went through, whether it was being promiscuous, whether it was just dealing with struggles with, whether it pornography, whether it was struggles with women in general, whatever it was, I feel like if I had a dad around that I could have talked to and said, hey, these are the things that I'm experiencing. Um, 
I could have had a man-to-man conversation because growing up in a house full of women, you can't tell them, hey, this is what's going on with me. You don't, And you don't know how to talk about it. And then the other part is, if you're not a man that I consider my father, that's another struggle to try to have that conversation because if I, if I open up to you, will you be here or will you not be there? But on the flip side, the thing is, if I had to learn from my father, would I have learned right? Because a lot of times we want lessons, but they teach us the wrong thing. And so if I had to have my father around the way that I say I wanted him around, would I have grown into who I am today? Because who I am today, honestly, I don't feel like I would have been that with my father in my life. And so I'm grateful for my stepfather who kind of helped me become who I am today. But my biological father, if he had been the one to really father me and try to you know, get me there, I don't know if I, if I would be better. Talk about be worse. Oh, right. definitely, and like we said, it definitely had purpose. Like right. whatever, whatever the situation was, it right. was a reason. You know right. what I'm saying that that it happened. And I, I was just thinking, uh, when you just the voice that we have, right? Um, because I grew up in a house full of women too, and so right. it's like it's not even having that conversation. It isn't it's more so not knowing what questions to ask. You know what I'm saying? Like right. things that you're supposed to be taught. You know, right. and you got to figure out uh, by yourself. And so. Um, just sitting at uh, with the absent father figure, what I guess void did that create in your life? Because um, I feel like I don't care if you a young man and young woman. I think we all urge for urge for that in a relationship with our fathers, right? Um, and a lot of times it's lacking, right? Um, the void for me was acceptance, man. Um, because growing up, I loved basketball, but basketball wasn't my passion. But like I used basketball as an avenue to really connect and be close to my dad. Um, but the void it left, man, like, the nights where you were just trying to figure out who you are, like, that identity that you get from a man that that can solidify, this is who you are, this is how you are a man, this is how you do certain things, like, there was so many things, whether it was in relationships, I didn't know how to be a good boyfriend, so I didn't know how to communicate, whether it was a son, I didn't know how to treat my mom or my grandmother, my great-grandmother, my auntie, right? Because all I knew was how women responded. And so as a man or as a boy trying to grow into a man, I was confused. And so sometimes people were like, oh, you gay? Because I was so so much around women. And so for a lot of men, you know, they tend to go the street route because they're trying to prove this toughness. And so for me, I stuck close to my mom. I stuck close to those women. But at the same time, it was like, I don't know how to be a man. And so when I started looking at, oh, a real man get women. So now I'm trying to get as many women as I can. But at the same time, I'm not trying to be the biggest hoe out there because I'm trying to still please my mom and make everybody understand that I'm still this Christian guy. And so then I'm struggling with my Christian walk because I don't know what it means to be a man of God. I just know what it looks like to be a Christian. Um, so it was so many, like the biggest void ever. It was almost like a meteor came through and just like put a hole dead in the middle of my chest because it left so many empty, it, it left so many question marks. Who am I? What am I supposed to do? How does a man work? How does a man talk to a lady? How does a man, how do you groom yourself as a man? Like the smallest little details, I didn't, it took so long for me to finally figure out. And I'm still learning because of the absence of that father. No, and I, I definitely agree. Because um, I felt like I, I share the same story uh, in a sense. But for me, it was definitely overcompensating in, in right. other areas. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but definitely realizing, uh, and you can kind of hear it all the time how, you know, God is your father. Right. And the older you get, that becomes more real. But, you know, when you're young, this is uh, you don't see it like that. Uh, when we talk about, and, and one of the crazy part, I was in college, and there was, was this pastor that was preaching, 
and he was talking about a lot of people see their relationship with God as their relationship with their father. Right. Um, and, and that hit me because I was like, I never really had a relationship right. with my father in the relationship I did have with my stepfather. It was damaged. You know right. what I'm saying? And so, how can I look at God purely, you know what I'm saying, before right. it truly is if I never experienced that? Uh, but I also got to shout out my mama because she made sure, you know, men were in my life, you know what I'm saying, to have gotten um, steer away, you know, way right. out. Um, but I, I definitely feel you um, on that uh, because I think we, we are looking, you know what I'm saying, right. for that, that identity. And for me, like, I never knew my, my father. Right. And so it was always, like, even something like who I look like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, was a struggle. Uh, and so for you, um, in a sense, where do you, what are some things that you might have blocked out from your past that you now have to face um, as a young man you are now? Um, I don't think I've really blocked anything out. Um, and I say that because for me, literally everything means something. And I feel like it's almost like this because you, you work in education. Every test matters. And so I don't really look at stuff as an obstacle. I would really look at it as a test or a learning experience. Either you're teaching or you're taking a test. And so either you're learning or you're taking a test. And so I can't really block those moments out because if you block those moments out, you block that lesson out. No matter if it was the hardest moment of your life, you know, no matter what that struggle was, like your testimony is so, so real and so strong. And the stuff that you've gone through is like if you blocked out any moment, whether it was the moment of rejection, whether it was the moment of, you know, the bad breakup, whether it was the moment of, you know, first, you know, getting involved in whatever it was, whether it was good or bad. If you block those moments out, how will you be able to teach somebody else when they're going through? You said before we even got started, you know, a quote that your mom uses, my mom, my grandmother uses, you know, the life you live ain't for you, it's for somebody else. So if you block out a lesson and your life is literally a manuscript for somebody else so that they can avoid certain obstacles or certain tests or certain lessons that they may not need, if you block that out, think about the struggle that they may have to go through. Think about the unnecessary pain that they may have to We literally have to take on the life of Christ, meaning he was crucified. That was an unnecessary pain, but at the same time, he did it because he understood what the end goal was. So we don't have to be crucified. Because he he was crucified. So that same logic goes into us. There is some pain that we have to go through for the next generation or the generation after that. But the pain that we go through, we're gonna we're gonna be the last one to go through that. And so we write it down, we talk about it, whatever it is, so that they never have to go through or experience certain pains so that they can be all that God has them to be. I think it's revelations that would say they overcome the enemy not only by the blood of the Lamb, but the word of their testimony. And so if you can never use your testimony, there's no need for you to even live. Because you are living proof that God is real. I see how you tried to. You, you know, see how I did that? that. You put, put, that, put that back in there. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Appreciate you know, the shout out. Living proof. You know what I'm saying? All right. So well, I guess my next question would be, um, how, do, how do you heal? You know, or, or where do you go to heal, you know, to get filled back up? I know uh, we give ourselves daily, you know, daily yeah. pouring out, pouring out. How do you get filled back up? Um, That's, that's crazy because. I'm actually just now learning how to heal. Um, and for me, it's a lot of prayer, um, scriptures, um, sermons, whether it be music, whatever. Um, but a lot of the healing is just me time, um, where I have to step away and just shut everything down. 
um, and really just deal with stuff and actually talk about it. So like uh, we talked about before this started, last night I had an emotional breakdown. I'm 25 years old, and I think that was the first time in my life I really cried about my father. And so I got 25 years of tears out last night. Um, but that's how I healed because I was able to finally tell my mom and tell my stepdad, yo, this is how he made me feel. Even if I never tell him, I can say that this this is what's been weighing on me and this is one of the reasons that I'm struggling. It's because I've been holding it in and I didn't want to talk to nobody about it because I thought I was so strong. But my healing wasn't in being strong. My healing wasn't being weak. Because when we are weak, he makes us strong. And so in order to be weak, sometimes we just got to release some stuff. You know, he tells us to cast all our cares upon him. And so last night, I casted every single care. And that, that was my healing. And I guess that's what I meant when I asked the question about, you know, blocking things out. Um, because a lot of times we, even though we may not block it out, you know, physically right. in our lives, we still place that band-aid on it and say right. we'll deal with it later. And especially when we in our routines of life. Right. And I think this whole corona thing made me really sit down and right. deal with myself. Things that I put a band-aid on right. and work, you know, go throughout my day. I was keep right. my same routine, but when you stop and I really feel like God used this time for us to be still. Right. You know what I'm saying? When you stop, you really gotta deal you know what I'm saying, yeah, with, you. with them things that you know swept out right. of the rug. Um, but I think that's big. You said 25 years of tears. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people still don't have the opportunity because they don't let themselves go. Mm-hmm. And so just imagine what they bleed on to their kids, you know what I'm saying, and what they continue. Right. Um, but definitely, man, you said you just started your healing, and that's a, a great starting point. And there may be other things through, through that journey that you find, man, right. I didn't deal with this. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm 27, but at the same time, I'm realizing, man, I never dealt with this. You know, I see still right. people that God has placed on my heart that I need to forgive. Right. You know what I'm saying? Not like you said, your daddy may never hear, you know what I'm saying, hear what you said last night. Right. But at some point, you know what I'm saying, like it's at the end of the day it's for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's uh to for you to be better, man. And I right. think about just the importance of healing. We work with kids, you right. know, on a daily. And so I am a firm believer that you can only give what you're full of. Right. Um and so we really gotta make sure that we we taking the managers off and letting them right. heal. I can always remember I get a cut of something when I was little. I used to always want to keep that bandaid on. Right. My mom was like, nah, you got to let it get some out, baby. You right. know what I'm saying? For real. Right. You, you got to let it heal. Um, and, so, and that's another um, purpose for this podcast, letting things heal, removing that bandaid that gets down, and we know it's going to hurt. You know right. what I'm saying? That alcohol, you know what I'm saying? That you're, right. But it's going to hurt. Um, but that, that's amazing, man. Um, and in what ways are you using your story right now to navigate through life? Um, I know you said you speak as well, right? Um, but and how are you using your story? Um, I, I'm big on relationships, and in those relationships, um, I'm, I'm just transparent. Um, I think I kind of touched on earlier with the you know the testimony part, but everything that I do, I'm making sure that I'm able to build some form of relationship, and I'm going into communities where I know the kids need those relationships not just the kids but the parents mm-hmm. uh, because you'll realize a lot of times when the kid heals and the kid can start getting through some stuff the parent now wants to know and so that's the dope thing about resources is when you start seeing your kid going to this resource and saying yo this is getting this is what's helping me get better then they're going to be like hold up let me figure out what this you know what's causing you to get better and so mm-hmm. then they may call me and say hey uh, mr brown I'm, I, you know my daughter came home last night and the last two nights, she's been crying herself to sleep. She wanted to kill herself. And so, like, now she's good. Like, she's talking about life. She's talking about purpose. I just want to know what you said to my baby. And 
And then when you tell them what you said, you realize that what you had to say to them, you also had to say to the parent because the kid was doing nothing but struggling with a generational curse. And so now you're helping break those 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 generational curses by just going into those communities, going into those families, and just sometimes just giving them a hug, being that coach, being that teacher, being that minister, being just being that friend. Man, you said something, and it's crazy. Like on the intro, of my homeboy talks about confirmation through conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how many people we not talk to, um, and, and I, it just kind of like I really feel like our generation is, is the ones to, to break these cycles. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I, it, it's definitely not. And I really feel like this was been on my mind since we talking about it. What this next season of Liberty Proof gonna be about? Um, it, it's something where it talks about like the sins of the father falls on the son. Right. Um, but just how we're dealing with things, you know, our parents have right. you know, get where they healed from. And so letting that, putting that cycle in reverse, you know what I'm saying? Us being the ones that help our families heal um, and talk through things that normally they wouldn't talk through. Um, like I said in the first episode, uh, when I first told my story, it was this older black lady. Uh, she was pretty much like, you're brave. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, back in my day, you know, we couldn't tell our story. She was like, I've been through some things too. And she was like, now I feel like I can tell my story. Right. You know what I'm saying? So so what you said, man, it, it is so true. And, and I really feel like it's time, you know, for us, us to line up. Because right. it's not only going to help our future kids, but it's going to go back in time. And I think right. that's like the power of God, boss. How, like, we, we, we think towards the future, but how we can also go generations, you know what I'm saying, before us and provide that sense of healing as well. So that's beautiful. Man. I'm going to tell you, I think my biggest dream, um, well, two parts. Crazy part is last night I told my mom when I was in my episode, one of the questions was, How do you break a generational curse? And you've never been able to see the person who cursed you. So the, the statement kind of went to, like, with my dad, the stuff that he struggled with, how am I supposed to break that if I don't have a relationship with him to even break it? Because there's some stuff that I know he struggled with that I'm struggling with and I'm trying to figure out how to break it. But it's some stuff that he's dealing with that I don't know. But the flip side of that, man, I think. With this, with our generation, man, we are in a place to where we get the greatest opportunity to finally, to, like, we have so many platforms to finally give people our testimony. And my, my, my goal one day is not only to minister to people to get young people saved, but my biggest goal is one day, if I'm ever speaking at a church or whatever, I pray that my dad can come to the altar. And I pray that I'm one of the ones that my dad can come to the altar and finally get free of some things. And I know that will be like, that, that'd be the craziest thing to him because it's his son that's speaking life into him. But I think that's what's required in this in this time. It's going to take a me. It's going to take a you. It's going to take the children to speak back into their parents because the reality is our parents and our grandparents, God ain't done with them yet. And so sometimes they get so tapped out because they done did everything for the church or they done lived their life to the fullest. But the reality is they are, if you're still alive, you still got purpose. And too many people die with purpose on the inside of them. And so I feel like we are the ones to say, hey, you still got stuff in you. You need to heal. And if you heal, I can heal. And if I can heal, you can heal. And we can move forward for the next generation. Right, definitely. And I, and I don't think it's just like singling them out as you can heal. We can right. heal. Because it, it's amazing. You know what I'm saying? I, I was talking to a, a girl the other day who I was interviewing. Uh, just what did it look like to see your family? Right. You know what I'm saying? Because your, your family is supposed to be that place. Of right. Life. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so, man, look. That's a word. That's, that's a word. That's a word. 
And I always love, you know, the opportunity to, to give uh, last words. Of course, you get to the call, you're going to be like, man, I should have said this, I should have said that. Uh, but just last words, man, that you want to talk to the people about. Um, real quick, man, to anybody that's listening, anybody that's watching this, um, if I could just give you one last thing, it would be to, to keep going. Um, a lot of times, especially with this coronavirus, some people have gotten stuck. Uh, some people have gotten frustrated. Um, and sometimes we stop because we don't know where else to go. Um, but sometimes if there's not a path in front of you, that means you're supposed to be blazing a new path. And I believe that we are a generation of, of trailblazers. Um, but sometimes we didn't know that we were trailblazers or we didn't know that we were leaders because we spent so much time following. Um, and so now that your leader may be gone or the people that you were looking towards are no longer in your life, you may be frustrated, you may be ready to give up. And it's like, what do I do next? What am I supposed to do now? You know, you may be in the worst situation. You may have just got pregnant. You may have been going through the worst thing. And it's like, what do I do in this situation? Keep going. Because what you're struggling with is not a struggle. It is an opportunity for God to teach you. No matter if the daddy ain't around, your daddy not around, mama not around, you have an opportunity to take what looks like a struggle, what looks like mess, and turn it into your ministry. And ministry don't always mean you in the pulpit. Ministry don't always mean somebody going to pay you. Your ministry is your life. And when you have the opportunity to tell somebody about your life, the good, the bad, the ugly, you have an opportunity to save a life. I always like to say this quote, not all superheroes wear capes. Sometimes they work at Vano. Sometimes they work at Walmart. And sometimes they just got out the streets. No matter what your story is, tell your story and keep going. You heard it. I where can they find you, man? Social media and all that good stuff. Hey, man, you can follow me on uh, Instagram. It is Jordan Who One. Um, for Snapchat, it's Jordan Who One Sixteen. Um, and for Facebook, it's Jordan Branham. Um, that last name is B R A N H A M. I don't know why people can't say or spell my last name. Whatever. So that's why I go go by Who too, because can't nobody say my last name. So uh, yeah, Jordan Who One on Instagram. Jordan One Sixteen on Snapchat and Jordan Bradham on Facebook. You heard it. And thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to like, excuse me, subscribe, all that good stuff. If something resonated with you, even if it didn't, uh, you never know who life uh, it may can change. Thanks for watching another episode of Living Proof, where your purpose is within your story. Y'all. <laughs>